Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So let's get into it. You're going to need it. Someone say, I'm going to need it. We are believers, right? Believers believe. So the question today is, and I'm glad you asked it, is how do I live my faith? How on earth do I live my faith? Well, number one, how do you live your faith? Number one, look how simple this is. You say, didn't we just say this? It's almost too simplistic, right? How do you live your faith? You believe. Scripture is filled, especially in the Gospels, in, in the Acts of the Apostles, the Epistles of the New Testament. It's filled with statements of faith and believe, and they heard and they believed, and it's so important. How many of you know that it takes faith? Someone say, it takes faith to believe. Let's go to John 20, 29. Thomas, one of the disciples, when they told him Jesus is alive, you know what he did? He's like a lot of us. I don't think it's all bad. He wanted an experience with God for himself, but Jesus dealt with that in his loving, kind, and firm way. Thomas said, I'll believe it when I see the nail-pierced hands, and I'll believe it when I see the the spear-piercing in his side. I'll believe that Jesus is alive when I see it for myself. You know what Jesus said when he saw Thomas? Because Thomas said, man, my Lord and my God, here you are. Jesus said, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. That's me and you today. You may have had a vision of Jesus. I don't know. You've seen pictures of him, right? Give you a great story about Jesus and his earthly family. Um, My niece and my sister-in-law, I consider my little sister and my brother, they were in Mexico, right? So they're with the family. They were looking at pictures of the family. And my niece is learning English. She's very intelligent. God bless her heart. And she has a cute way of pronouncing things. And it's sad to me because she, she pronounces things cute for a few weeks, and then she gets it correct. And I'm like, oh, she doesn't say it how I like. Now she says it correctly. But she was on a roll. I don't know if it was a couple of months where she would say this certain phrase. And so they were showing her the pictures. I guess Valeria was showing her baby, my, my niece Camila. Look, this is, you're so-and-so, right, Valeria? You're explaining to her all these, all these people, who they were in the family. Finally, there was a picture of the Virgin Mary. This is a true story. Catholic folk, good, devout, faithful people, right? Picture the Virgin Mary. And you know what Camila does? She goes, who dis? <laughs> that really happened. And then Valeria's like, you know, Valeria's about etiquette and protocol. She's like, oh, it's, it's, it's Jesus' mama. And she's all, who dis? She's like, I don't know her. Who dis? Right? <laughs> Jesus' mom. And I said that just because I'm relating it to the fact that we've all seen a picture of Jesus or Mary, and that's, that's an artist's concept. We're not sure exactly. There's a little girl that, that began to paint of her own volition, her own ability, her own God-given talent. And she began to paint years ago, and she drew a picture of Jesus with shorter hair. And maybe you've seen it. Pretty cool-looking picture. She says, this is the Jesus I saw, right? And that's cool. Um, I, I, I don't believe Jesus looked like a white boy. I don't. You say, man, was he a black guy? No, he was, he was just Jewish. He looked Jewish, all right? He was sun-bronzed. He was a carpenter. But most likely... No one in here has had a face-to-face with Jesus. I've told you a story before. I was youth pastor. God was moving in my heart. I believe it was fall of 2001. I came in here on a Friday night. I said, man, I'm going to seek God. I said, Lord, I want to see Jesus, man. 
It was the next step in my faith. I said, I want to see Jesus. I want, I want to have a manifestation. I don't know if I wasn't right with God or just spirit of fear came on me or what. I was in here all alone, man. I got scared. I was asking God to reveal Jesus to me. I got scared and left. I said, man, Jesus may appear, man. What am I doing? I don't know if I'm ready for this. But I like what Jesus said, John 20, 29. said, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those, or blessed, are those who believe without seeing me. I don't know why that's funny, but God can and will do the impossible. He'll do what he promised. He'll do what he promised. He always will. Let's go to John 7, 31. I like this verse. Many among the crowds at the temple believed in him. Praise God. So it's counted to them as righteousness. After all, they said, would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done? Basically, they're saying, how can he not be the Messiah? How can he not be God's anointed? How can he not be the one chosen and sent by God? With all the miracles he does, they believe because they saw the miracles. How many of you know that some people, no matter what you tell them, no matter what you show them, they decide not to believe? Believing is a decision. Someone say, I decide to believe. Say it. Say it like you mean it. Say, I decide to believe. Yeah, you choose to believe. Some say, I can't believe. No, you've decided to believe in other stuff. Man, folks will believe something on social media so quick just because it's on there. And we all know if it's on the inter- if it's in the Internet, or posted on somewhere, it has to be true, right? Wrong. There's been rumors started in, in even in Little Hobbs. I remember when COVID started out, said, man, man, cops are stopping people and checking them for masks here while they're driving around town and all kinds. Just a rumor. A lie. Just because it was on the Internet, folks believe. And, hey, there's a lot of truth on there, but it's been misused a lot. There's a lot of lies on there. I love this. It says... They believed in him. Many among the crowds at the temple believed in him. How many of you believe in Jesus? Amen. I know you believe. You wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning. Let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Look at this text. Pay close attention. Let it sink down deep within you. The Apostle Paul talking here, he says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. I'm not ashamed. One translation says, I'm not ashamed about the gospel. The gospel is another word, a very very uh, ancient Christian word for good news. He says, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. Someone say the power of God. Uh It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. I've had, you know, there was a young man years ago, and he'd been in the military, and who knows what he experienced in Iraq or Afghanistan. I don't remember where he'd been. I think it was Iraq, and he'd seen some awful things. He'd done some things that Broke his heart. He, he felt it broke God's heart. And he felt he was beyond God's forgiveness. I'll never forget that. And he was having a struggle in his mind. There were other issues there. But your sin is not greater than God. Your mistakes are not bigger than the God who called you. Can you imagine? God says, I can save you. But, oh, sorry, Matt. Can you imagine? He's t- oh, I, I, I promise you guys, but Matt, you messed up too much. You're out. Cancel. Right? No. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Someone say everyone. Everyone, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Gentile is a non-Jew. Praise God. This good news tells us how God, what? Makes us right in his sight. Oh, that is real good news. This is accomplished from start to finish. How? By trusting the government. 
by logging as many hours as you can on Facebook, by binging on Netflix till your eyes cross. No, no. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. You watch one too many on Netflix. I'm not saying Netflix is bad in and of itself. We have Netflix. You got to be careful what you see on there. But you, you watch too much of anything, it will, it will attack your faith. It will. Just like too much news, too much social media, too much, too much, too much time without prayer in the Word, it'll attack your faith. This says, however, this is accomplished from start to finish. What is? How God makes us right in His sight. It's accomplished from start to finish by faith. Just believe. As the Scriptures say, it is what? It is through faith. That a righteous person has life. One translation says the just shall live by faith. Righteous people, people who are right with God, you live by faith. That's powerful, isn't it? Through faith that a righteous person has life. Man, there's nothing like that. Nothing like it. Faith to faith. Glory to glory. Let's read through that again, that last verse there. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. You live by faith. So believing unlocks everything. Believing is faith, but I wanted to give you a different word here because you can't have faith if you don't believe. That almost sounds too elementary, doesn't it? You know how many people, though, have told me, Pastor Matt, I believe. No, I, no, I, no, that I trust God. I really do. I trust God. I have faith. I trust God. I have faith. Really? I, do you believe his word? Well, well, what do you have faith in then? What do you have faith in? You got to start somewhere. Someone said you got to start somewhere. Uh-huh. Prayer in the word. Did you know the more you hear something, the more you believe it? I don't know who this is for this morning, but some of you heard lies about yourself so, mi- so much when you were a kid or you were a teenager that you started to believe that garbage. And God says, I never told you that about you. God says, I never told you you were ugly. I never told you that you weren't going to make it. God says, this is a word for somebody today. There's a few of you. I believe this is going to single out several of you. Nobody knows it's between you and God. But I believe some of you got to a point in your life where you started to believe all the lies of the enemy. You believe teachers in school that were wrong about you. You believe someone who said, said, oh, man, you're a little chunky, so you're not worthy. No. I was too skinny. Did that mean I was unworthy? I don't have no hair. Does that mean I'm unworthy? No. Scripture says God has created you in his likeness and in his image. That's a pretty powerful statement for all the eight. So here's what God did. He created you in his likeness and his image, and then he breathed the breath of life into you. So you got from the start, God created you to be his. Is that a quote from that movie, A Walk in the Clouds? Keanu Reeves is one of the worst actors ever, ever. That's a very touching story, though, that movie. He came to the family, and I like the, the old man there. I think it was Quinn. What's his name? Old school actor. Anthony Quinn. He said, you are an orphan no longer. Welcome to the family of God. Someone needs to hear that today. Say, man, they told me this, or they told me that, or I felt this, or I was pushed aside because of this, or I was chosen last, or I wasn't. Man, I've been chosen last for the basketball team. Showing up at the park, they're like, that little dude. (laughs) All right, we got to get him. They didn't know me yet. Uh, Okay, come on, you play with us, I guess. Don't pass him the ball, you know. 
I don't know who told you a lie about you. At, at some point, you may have started to believe it, but God says by his word, believe this. He says, I created you in my image, and then I breathed into you the breath of life so you could be my carrier, the carrier of God's presence. That's you. That's for you. Someone say, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's God's word for you. So if you believe, once again, people say, no, no, I have faith. I just, I'm just having a hard time believing it. That'll make no sense, bro. Mm-mm. If you believe, you have faith. If you have faith, then you believe. If you believe, though, this is a catch. Someone say, "Uh uh-oh. Go ahead. Get ready. You're not going to like this next point. Say, "Uh uh-oh. Don't say this out loud, but some of you are like, man, I should have left when I got the chance. I'm just kidding. If you believe, number two, you're going to obey. That's not as bad as you thought it was going to be, huh? You thought, man, what is he going to say? No, if you believe God, you're going to obey his word. And it, just like believing, it takes faith. Someone say it takes faith to obey. And you got a mind of your own. We don't have a baby yet, but I study Camila. I just love her. She's one of the joys of my life, my little niece. And I was over with Jonathan and Camila last night. And, man, she is just a little woman. She's just a little person. Men and women, babies, whatever. God gave us a will of our own. I watch her, and she was doing all kinds of stuff taking pillows out of the room. John's on. No, I'll take that back. That doesn't go over there. I don't know what she was doing. She's trying to put them on a floor mat or something. She's just doing something. Who knows what's going on up there? Just cute as can be. But she had a mind of her own, a will of her own. She does not like being told no, but who does? And I watch her, and I go, wow, this is like us with God. God's going, I know the best way. Don't do that. Here's order for your life. And we go, uh-uh-uh. I'm going to do it my way takes faith to obey. That's a dirty word to some people. It is. Obey, obey God? Is it control? No, really. It's giving into God's perfect plan for you for safety and peace and joy and satisfaction. And you know what's crazy about obedience to God's word? Most of the time, I'll say most of the time because some people are clueless, but most of the time, most people, especially when they get to know the Lord and have spent any time with him, Those are my qualifiers today. They've accepted Jesus. They've gotten around the the right people. So they know a little something about God or his word. Most of the time, folks know what they should be doing, even when they don't. Are you all with me? Remember the cartoons, the little angel and the little devil? What was that stupid thing? It was one of those cartoons. The angel's saying, no, don't do it. Do it the right way. And the, the little devil's going, go on the path that rocks. You know, some stupid thing. Was that the Emperor's New Groove? Why be on the path of righteousness? I don't remember. It was like 20-something years ago I saw that. You need to be on the path that rocks. Oh, yeah, serving yourself really rocks. No. Mm-mm. Obey. People say, no, I'm going to do what I do. Me and God have an understanding. No, your understanding should be, it's not control. It's giving in to God's perfect will for me. Why? He knows best. Let's go to Romans 12. Verse 1 and 2, Romans 12. Also, dear brothers, or and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Give your body to God, yeah, for his service. Let your body, right, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. When you sacrifice something, it hurts a little bit, but you say, it's less of me and more of you, God. I give myself to you. I'm going to miss out on worldly pleasures, which are temporary. And Scripture says, 
Scripture says that sin has its pleasures for a season. It does. Ask folks who have messed with drugs. They said, man, that first high was crazy. I've been chasing that first high ever since. That was amazing. Uh, you ain't never going to find it again. Sin is pleasurable for a season. How many of you know it always has consequences? And all sin is sin, but different types of sin have different consequences. Right? Say, man, I got caught. I got caught stealing a pack of uh, double mint gum. Do they still have that little green thing? Double mint gum from the store. You think there's going to be huge repercussions for that? They may not even call the cops on you. Yeah, have you stole double mint gum? You're smiling. <laughs> of course not. Not me. We've never done anything wrong. I actually think I may have. I don't know. But God forgave me. I repented. This is like 25 cents, too, in the 80s. Why would you steal that? Just see if you could. Human nature. So, I mean, they may not even call the cops and say, hey, kid, put that up. Put that gum up and get out of here, right? You can't have that. It's not, you're going to pay for that? Oh, you know. Now, if you run up and try to shoot the president, attempt murder, or attempt murder on someone else, a dignitary, or just another human, the co- how many of you know the consequences will be different? Mm-hmm. Different types of sin has different consequences. Say it's all sin, but uh, it measures out differently to God. Some of it, mm, there's just more to pay for it. But once again, it takes faith to obey God, doesn't it? It takes faith. A living sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. When you give your body to him, say, man, I'm going to be a sacrifice to the Lord. My life is not my own, it's God's. Is it control? It's the best way. It's control. It's giving up and giving in. Did you know in a marriage Husbands and wives give in to each other in different ways, and those are the best marriages. Scripture says, submitting one to another in love. No, let's just do it my way all the time, like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. Wow, that's not good. That's not good. You've got to give your body to the Lord. The, make it a sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him, giving him everything you've got. Look at this. The, he goes on to say, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. There's a lot to copy out there, huh? I don't know if any moms or dads in here have heard this lately. Do the kids still do this? Say, Mom, everybody's doing it. Have you said this lately? Anybody in here? Don't raise your hand. What? Who cares? I remember, I remember teachers and my parents told me, said, man, if they jumped off a cliff, would you? And kids will think about it. Well, if it was cool, you know, is that cool? Can we get a photo op as we're falling, a selfie? You know, I mean, don't copy <laughs> the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Ask yourself as a believer, who am I following? Who am I obeying? Say, so I'm doing this for me. That's funny. The whole world says, I got to be me. I got to be me. And they all start looking and acting the same after a while. You really want to find your identity? Seek God. You can be unique in God. He created you to be unique. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, right? You will learn to know God's will for you. You'll learn to obey God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Man, you can't get any better than good and pleasing and perfect, can you? I don't know, maybe I need to study English some more, but that sounds pretty amazing, getting into God's will, because he knows best. Let's go to John 14, 15. 
This is real simple. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And Jesus, he made it so simple that people stumble over it. Remember, he said, I'm going to be a stumbling stone for people. They're going to trip over this. That sounds pretty hood, doesn't it? They're going to trip. Think about that. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Does anybody remember Jesus' two commandments? Your mouth is moving. Love God, love others. I know you were saying that. Love God and love others. Why is that so important? Well, if you love God, there's so many things you would do and so many things you would not. And if you really love God, then you're going to treat others like you love God. And you're going to treat others with love because you have respect for yourself. You have respect for God. You also remember the golden rule. Remember the golden rule? Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That has helped me so many times. I think, man, if I put myself in their shoes, would I want to be treated this way? Would I want to be left waiting? Would I want, would I want to be treated so inconsiderately? No. Mm-mm. In obeying God, and it requires faith. Someone say, it takes faith. Mm-hmm. It takes faith to obey God. It does. It takes faith to obey and give up control. How about this? I'll be in control and find God's will. You know, you've seen where that ended up. I'm going to be in control, and I will find God's will like that. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. So when you believe, you obey. Someone say, when you believe, uh, you'll obey him. You obey God, right? And when you obey God, it takes faith to do that. All of these steps, this is progressive. You believe, you obey, and this leads us to our third point today. You will love. So interesting to me that I've seen there's this modern movement called deconstruction. Some of you know a little bit about that. And it's basically, it's a fancy way of saying someone who used to believe and serve God, they no longer believe and they no longer serve God. But you read on their little blogs and when they're leaving the things of God, pastors and well-known people, people who had a real impact worldwide, their books being translated into dozens of languages, really touch people for God. And they decide to leave God one day. And when they leave, you know what they always say? It's so amazing to me. They try to steal Jesus' words. They're not going to serve God anymore, but they leave the faith that they're being deconstructed. They're unbuilding the faith they had, and they always say things like this. It sounds so deep and so amazing. They go, love each other. Be kind to each other. Well, that sounds like Jesus. Scripture says there will be many that come, and they will have a form of godliness, but they will deny its power. The power of godliness, the power of being right with God is you're going to walk in love. You're going to walk in love. It's hard to walk in love when you haven't learned to love yourself. Is somebody still with me today? Say, how can I love myself? You realize that God created you in his likeness and in his image. That's a powerful thing. So you believe, that leads you to obey. You obey, that leads you to love. And man, loving takes faith. I'm going to tell you right now. Let's go to Romans 12.10. How many of you know people can be annoying? Some honest people in the house. I got an amen over here. There were some hands over here. There were some smiles. Someone may have even winked at me. I don't know if that means I'm annoying. Did somebody wink or did I imagine that? (laughs) People can be annoying, Pastor Matt. I come here because Pastor Jen and Pastor Fabian are in the house. But you, (laughs) I don't think anyone winked, but I I imagine that. I think no vivid imagination. (laughs) Don't laugh. No, go ahead, go ahead. Look at this. People can be annoying. God knows this. 
That's the beauty of family, though, huh? You get on each other's last nerve. You say, I have one nerve left, and you have found a way to step all over it. Love each other, the apostle says, the apostle Paul. Love each other with genuine affection, genuine love. I like that translation because genuine affection means actually treating people with kindness and compassion. Love each other in a way that would please God. Love each other in a way that would make the devil mad. Love each other in a way that would make people turn and look. Scripture says they will know us by our love. So we'll be known by our love for each other. Jesus was talking about that. Jesus said, folks are going to recognize your mind by the way you love each other. All right? Love each other with genuine affection and take delight. Someone say delight. Uh Uh-huh, take delight in honoring each other. You ain't got to be fake about it. Just love folks. Just love them, man. It doesn't mean you have to hang out with everybody. People say, I got to walk in love, so I need to say yes to every single thing in the world ever. I can have no boundaries. I've got to just hang out with every. Just no. You still have a will. You still can have boundaries and be wise and be sensible. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Did you know sometimes the only way I figured this out? There's some folks, I've learned this in my life, even early on in my life, half a a lifetime ago, I learned I can honor this person more if I don't hang out with them hardly ever. Really? Say, man, I get disrespectful if I get around them or they just, oh, they irritate me. I'd be better off if I didn't see them much and I just prayed for them. Do you know Scripture says to pray for those that use you? Oh, man. So if you believe, you're going to obey. If you obey, you're going to walk in love. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. How do you love? Come on, real quick. What are different ways you can love someone? Let's be patient. Mm-hmm. Sure. I am naturally impatient. Joyce Meyer, did anybody like Joyce Meyer in here? Pretty powerful woman of God. Not pretty powerful, amazing woman of God. She's aging now, man. She's been a a real pioneer in the faith, not only for women, but just for the body of Christ. Just a faith, faith, faith talking woman of God, faith teacher. And she's naturally impatient. She says, impatience, God revealed to me, is bursts of anger. Say, no, I'm just tired. Well, I know, but you're still being impatient, and that's not showing love. All right? So you got to be patient with each other. Treat each other like Jesus did. How else can you love each other? Anybody else? I'll take a couple more. Yes, ma'am. Acts of kindness. There's different love languages, huh? I think it was a year ago I taught on the love languages. How do you show someone you love them? You can do acts of service or kindness. You can do what else? What are the love languages? Anyone remember? Physical touch. Acts of service. Words of affirmation, what else? Gifts. My wife goes, baby, hook me up. That's, that's, that's one of her love languages. Gift, a gift, okay. I think food needs to be in there personally as a love language. Maybe that's a gift or an act of kindness, but there needs to be a sixth love language and just call it food. What else? I think there's one more. Quality time. I'm a quality time person. Quality time. You say, man, I haven't seen you in forever. No, we're close as we ever have been. Yeah, but I ain't seen you. I've had people, when, look at this. I wonder if this is love. Look at the lie from the enemy. Someone told me years ago, as I'm leaving this church, I'm going to go submit myself to another pastor. I was like, okay. 
And the guy told me, you will always be my pastor. I said, how does that make, I asked him the question. I said, how, how do you think that makes sense? Oh, well, I said, man, God bless you, bro. I don't know what that means. That's like you leaving your wife going, you'll always be my wife, but I'm out. You always be my man, but bye. What? Huh. Got to spend time with each other. Got to spend. How can I pastor someone if I'm never going to see him again? I have not seen that young man, young man in six years. But he said I would always be his pastor. I don't know how. And how many of you know the time comes when you should be connected in love to other believers? Say, man, I, I can do it on my own. Okay. I've seen folks say, man, I'm not connected, I'm not connected, I'm not connected. I don't have a church home. But when they go through trials, guess who they turn around and remember? They remember their church family, if they got any sense, right? I've had people tell me this. No, that great man of God or that great woman of God on TV, they're my pastor. Really? Ask them to do a funeral for your family. Call them, see if you can get in contact with them. Ask them to do a wedding for you. Huh. How many of you know love speaks the truth? How many of you know love believes the truth? 1 Corinthians 13 says love believes the truth. You start to recognize the truth when you walk in love. What, love for God and love for others? You hear a lie about someone, you go, no, that's not them. I believe the best about them. That's love. You say, no. You say, well, no, they really did do it. They did a form of what we're saying, and it turned into gossip or whatever. You say, well, I still believe the best about them. I don't understand that. That's the past. Maybe we need to talk. We can figure that out. There's forgiveness for that. And that today is my fourth point. If you believe you're going to obey, if you obey, you're going to walk in love. Oh, man, and this is the real tough one today, maybe. If you love, you're going to forgive. I want everybody engaged, actively engaged in this next question. Have you ever found it difficult to forgive at least one person in your whole life? Raise your hand. My hand stays up. Okay, that was that's a pretty good hand raise, Josiah. Josiah, why don't you? Because he's with his big sis, she's distracting him. Amen. It takes faith to forgive. No, and speaking of siblings, really, brother, sister, man, these guys have a great relationship. I've seen siblings. I remember John and Elaine growing up. I think they're what are y'all? Twenty-two months apart. About two years. They're very close in age, so they would, man, I remember it was so fun, man, when they get irritated with each other, I'd laugh so hard because I'm older, you know. And it was just funny to me. And mom would say, don't be laughing at stuff like that. I'm like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know. But what is it about brothers and sisters? Man, they, you can, they can be the closest. Scripture says a brother, which a sibling, a sister, a brother or sister is born for adversity. Someone who is your brother or sister, they were called to be your partner in life to help you through tough times. That's why in the body of Christ, the Lord calls us all brothers and sisters. When he's addressing different churches, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament uses the Greek word adelphoi, which means brothers and sisters. It means I was born to go through this trial with you so you don't have to be alone. But at the same time, it's hard to forgive you sometime because we're the closest. You ever felt that with a sibling or a family member? Man, their wounds cut the deepest because they're close to you. They know you. They know how to get to you. Brothers and sisters, they know how to push each other's buttons too, huh? Stuff that they don't like. There's the buzzer. There's a, remember the easy button from Staples? 
irritate them, mess with them? You know what irritates them. You've got to forgive. It takes faith. Let's go to Matthew 6, 12. Matthew 6, 12, and we'll begin to wrap this up. This is a part of the Lord's prayer, isn't it? This is powerful. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Everybody wants forgiveness. Not everybody wants to forgive. Hmm, Y'all with me? Everybody wants forgiveness. Not everybody wants to forgive. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now let's go to verse 14 of the same chapter. Matthew 6, 14. On into verse 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, Jesus is speaking here. Someone say, Jesus said. Uh huh. There's no way we can get around it. Jesus said. The word of God speaking the word of God. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Look at this next one, though. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's a tough one. People try to find ways around this. Say, well, no, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold a grudge. But God, would you forgive me of my sin? I want into heaven, but mm-mm, they can't be forgiven for that. There's no forgiveness. I've heard people say stuff like that. I will never forgive them. Over money, over dumb stuff. Man, nobody is worth me going to hell over. I'm going to tell you right now. Can you imagine I don't forgive someone, how petty that is? And I go, Lord, accept me in your kingdom. And I get to heaven. God says, you did everything right except obey me. I said to forgive or I can't forgive you. No, thank you. No one is worth me going to hell over. Nobody. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. You know, one of the best ways I've learned to forgive is God reminded me of this years ago. You know, sometimes it's just, it's a great blessing to know the word, but it's tough when you're mad and God, by his Holy Spirit, starts to remind you of his word, huh? I remember there's one dude, man, I wanted to just blow him up. I don't know what I wanted to do to him. I was so sick of him. He humiliated me, embarrassed me in front of some people. He, he did the big ghetto thing in front of everybody where he's like, in front of everybody. I was like, oh, man, it was so embarrassing, and I'd always been good to him. I made a comment at a youth night one night. I was like early 20. I, was, I think I was 20. He was like, man, shut up. Come on, man. Just real stupid. I went, what? Just, and, it, and it hurt my pride. And I thought, I've always been good to this guy, I think. But he, this guy was always jealous of me, and I don't know why. He still has hair. Anyway, I'm just making sure y'all are listening. I don't care about that. I don't care if he braids it, puts it up in dreadlocks, right? No, but this guy was a good-looking guy. And, I mean, he had it going on, I guess. But, man, he, always, he just had a hidden issue with me. And he did that, man, what, man? He, oh, it was so embarrassing. It made me so mad. And then he'd come to church, and he wouldn't even speak to me and stuff. I was like, this dude is weird. But I'll never forget when God said, you know what? You know the word. I was praying, too. I was 20 or 21 at this time when God was really dealing with me and God said pray for him you know how it is God speaks to you to do something you don't want to do you say man is that the Lord or is that the enemy the enemy's not going to tell you to do the word it's God champ it's God God's speaking to you God said you know the word pray for those that have hurt you you want to forgive pray a blessing over those that persecute you pray a blessing you feel it was undeserved and God's reminding me of stuff at this time He's like, every sin you ever committed, well, I didn't deserve that from you either. Come on, so just pray for him. So I began to pray for this guy. I kid you not, a few years later, it was a few years. I just prayed for him. I forgot about it. A few years later, he bumped into me somewhere. I still remember what I was wearing that night. Odd memory of that situation. 
But he said, hey, I just want you to know there's no problem between us. I appreciate how you've treated my family, my brothers, and my sister. And you're always good to all of us. And my mom, they all respect you. I don't want any problems with you, man. And he reached out his hand. And that had been a few years after I began to pray, Lord, you work on him. Lord, you bless him. I've had other situations, even here in the church, where someone humiliated me, hurt my pride. And I thought, man, I'm so mad at them. And God just said, pray for him. That is a challenge to your faith. Say, not me. I'm just going to be mad. Can you imagine? They're crucifying Jesus, the Lord of glory. He's beaten to within an inch of his life. He's dehydrated. His tongue is swollen. You can't recognize his face because his beard has been pulled out. He's been punched and mistreated by a full garrison of Roman soldiers. They whipped him 39 times with a cat of nine tails, which had chips of bone and metal on it, ripped him to his flesh. You've seen the passion of the Christ. And he's dying there. Can't, he can't breathe. He's hanging on the cross, naked or half-naked, shamed for the whole world to see, Cursed because he's hanging on a tree. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. (laughs) There was a Christian artist years ago named Carmen. And he said in a song, it was called This Blood is for You. And he said, he made a statement that to this day makes the strongest skeptic wince. I mean, people don't understand that. Say, yeah, but, yeah, but, man, I have righteous indignation. I'm praying that God wipe these people out. Well, that's not your your calling in life. Your calling in life is to believe God, obey him, walk in love. And as you're taking these steps in him, that love leads you to forgive someone by faith. Someone say by faith. It's all by faith. Walk it out today. You are a believer, so believe. Live your faith. How do I live it? By doing these steps. And it's simple. Just get into the word and pray. And ask God what he would have you to do. You know, it's a real challenging thing sometimes. It's so easy we trip over it. Say, I'm just going to do what the word says. Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes, if you would, please. Some of you may or may not have struggled with any of these points today. But I know God is building your faith. Because scripture says, this is scripture says, God's word will never return to him empty-handed. So it accomplishes what he sends it to accomplish. And I believe... As God's messenger today, I humbly say that I believe his word pierced your hearts. Not my word, not my voice. His word touched your hearts. So he's speaking to you. He's dealing with you now. Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice who says, Pastor Matt, I either need to get right with God or I've never accepted Jesus and made him my Savior. Would you raise your hand today? I want to pray with you. You're not in trouble with God, and you're about to see his love flow through your life. You're about to feel his love like never before. Raise that hand. Say, man, I just need to get right with the Lord. God bless you. God bless you for your courage. God bless you for your courage. God is working in your heart today by his word, not by my word, by his word. I want everybody in this house to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I know that you are God. I know you are my God. And I believe you sent Jesus to die and return from the dead to forgive all my sins and to heal me. Well, I believe that. But Lord, I've made some mistakes. Please cleanse me. Please forgive me by the blood of Jesus. 
I confess that you are my Savior, my Lord, my Redeemer, my Protector, my one and only. I need you, Lord. I can't do it by myself. Forgive me and cleanse me. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but I need some help right now. Help me, Holy Spirit. Let's do it together. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look up at me real quick, and we're going to pray. If something that was spoken today from God's Word touched your heart or pierced your heart, or God's asking you to change in some way or be transformed in that way or to finally let it go, I want you to raise your hand today, if you would please, if God's speaking to you about that. Go ahead and stand to your feet, everyone in this house. Come on. Let's pray together. Grab hands if you can. Put a hand on a shoulder. Touch somebody nearby. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Let's believe. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your people who love you so much. I thank you that this word, Lord God, has fallen on good ground. I thank you, God Almighty, that the blood of Jesus is over everyone in this house. Tony, reach out and touch Philip if you would, sir. He's right near you. There you go. There you go. God, I thank you that your plan is best. I thank you that your will is the good acceptable and perfect will of God. And I thank you that, wow, I thank you that you called us worthy by the blood of the Lamb. I don't think I'll ever completely understand that. You said that we would be able, you, you would help us to comprehend how deep and how high and how wide and how broad and how amazing and profound your love is, even though it's so deep and so Amazing and profound, God. Help us to comprehend, even if it's just a little bit. I'm just having a hard time wrapping my mind around, wow, Lord, I believe, but how did you make us worthy to deserve your blood? Worthy to deserve the sacrifice. God, it's been all you, not us. It's been all you from the start. So let's do it together, God. We ask your help, the help of the Holy Spirit. Help us to do what's right on the daily to love and forgive and walk in faith. Lord God, that we would believe and we would obey and we would love and we would forgive because we're going to need it, Father God. We're going to need it. We thank you today for your hand of grace and power and mercy. In Jesus' name, someone said, amen.